As if 2020 could not get any more strange, a story came across my email thread stating that the FBI is investigating after alarmed pilots tell LAX Tower, we just passed a guy in a jetpack. They're currently investigating after an American Airlines pilot said he saw what appeared to be a man flying with a jetpack Sunday night near Los Angeles International Airport. Tower, American 1997, we just passed a guy in a jetpack, the first American Airlines pilot states in a call to the control tower. American 1997, okay, thank you. Were they off to your left or your right side, the tower operator answers. Off to the left side, maybe 300 yards or so, about our altitude, the pilot responds. We just saw the guy pass by us in the jetpack. A second pilot from JetBlue Airlines then tells the tower, which warned another pilot about the sighting. FBI spokeswoman Laura Eimiller said Tuesday that agents at LAX were investigating after the pilot reported the incident to the control tower. The FBI is aware of the reports by pilots on Sunday and is working to determine what exactly occurred. The agency said in a statement, the Federal Aviation Administration also confirmed receiving the report. Two airline flight crews reported seeing what appeared to be someone in a jetpack as they were on their final approach to LAX around 6.35 p.m. Sunday. Spokesman Ian Greger told City News Service the FAA alerted local law enforcement to the reports and is looking into these reports currently. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Claimed to be a serial killer who was actually a werewolf. This was in 1589. Peter Stubbe was one of many self-confessed werewolves. In 1589, he claimed that his wolfskin belt allowed him to transform. And he also said he had slain over a dozen victims. In 1685, the mayor became the Wolf of Ensbach. The people of Ansbach were angry and scared at their, that their livestock was attacked by a wolf-type creature. Hans, the werewolf, said he was bitten by a man in black. This was in Estonia in the 17th century. Giles Garnier, the werewolf of Dole. Jacques Roulat, the werewolf of Angers, mutilated a boy in 1598. Two werewolf friends hunted together in 1521. With a long trail of gore behind them, Pierre Burgot and Michael Verdun confessed to being werewolves in 1521. Their deeds were gruesome, as records indicate. They killed a woman who was gathering peas, also seized a little girl of four years old, and ate the palpitation flesh, all saved one arm. The Georgia werewolf, Emily Isabella Burt, terrorized neighbors in the 19th century. This is an American werewolf legend that comes from Georgia. As the story goes, the widowed Mildred Burt lived in a rural part of the country in the mid-19th century. One of her daughters, Emily Isabella Burt, had trouble sleeping at night, and she had extra hair and sharp teeth. Then there was the werewolf of Polotsk. He lived on as a sorcerer and a werewolf. He was a very real, real ruler of Polotsk. 
in what is now known as Belarus, known as Zevlaz, the sorcerer for his rumored magical powers. He was also believed to take the form of a wolf. Then there was the beast of Gudavan, who stalked through the 18th century France. The tale of the beast of Guvandan is one surrounded by mystery and a whole lot of bloodshed. Cannibalism made you a werewolf in ancient Greece. Beliefs differ on what exactly turned someone into a werewolf. In ancient Greece, apparently people believed that someone could be transformed by eating the meat of a wolf and a human mixed together. The story is similar to the tale of King Laekuan. He attempted to trick the god Zeus into eating human flesh. Zeus wasn't pleased with this and turned Laekuan into a wolf as punishment. His name is likely the root of the word lycanthropy. And of course, these are some of the tales and legends that surround us in the world we live in, pertaining to the dogmen, werewolves, skinwalkers, other type of bipedal wolf or dog-like creatures. And there's so many more tales that are not just of the ancient world, but of the world we currently live in, like the werewolf of London, Ohio. And that encounter took place in the 1980s. I wrote about this in my book, Haunted Enough. Be sure to check that out if you want to read that tale. It's something that I would assume you'd find quite chilling. Uh, I've been told that it's probably the book itself is one of the scariest books I've ever written. I hope you enjoy it. The Weird World of Haunted eBay. Purchase with Caution. Buyer beware warns the eBay listing for the haunted vintage antique evil active possessed witch demon doll. So many things have happened when this doll is near, writes Selimant Treasures number seven. She must go. I cannot have her in my home any longer. The doll which has been photographed from a Ouija board can be purchased for $99.99 plus $7.70 shipping. The Ouija board is not included. Now, this is for an artist obsession with listings for the cursed, doomed, and otherwise unexplained. They actually have this cursed item atop a Ouija board. Haunted, vintage, antique, evil, active, possessed, witch, demon doll. Buyer beware, it says. For $99.99, you too can own this little piece of evil for your own home. I wouldn't suggest doing that. The owner goes on to say, I just got obsessed, said the artist Eric Ocklander, 31, speaking of the night two years ago when he first came across a listing like this one. The item was described as a haunted box, which we all know as a debit box, and he immediately, immediately began searching for others. That night he captured screenshots of more than 50 similar listings and has been looking at them ever since and for more. Another example, the haunted spelled pirate ship Pirate Spirits brings money and riches for $49.99. Or how about the haunted spirit puppy's dog puppy animal antique old figure, no doll, paranormal for $14.99. Or the haunted 16-inch spiritual doll spirit vessel, supernatural paranormal power could be yours for $59 and $7 shipping. There's also the Haunted Bones Totem, magical for the metaphysical, for only $5.95, with $4 shipping. 
Oglander describes himself as a collector of aesthetics, and his material is the ephema of this world and around us. For him, it is not the item on sale, but rather the listing itself, which becomes the object. The listings are a way of containing a story and also telling a story at the same time, he said. The images are taken from this collection that he has. His previous work includes Craigslist Mirrors, a popular Tumblr site that was published as a book in 2016, seemingly simple in conceit. It consists exclusively of screenshots of listings of people selling mirrors on Craigslist. The images are funny, poignant, and often unintentionally telling, revealing strange corners of people's lives. Another sample of what he has collected through the years. A large size paranormal haunted box lot, curious doll and jewelry, Wiccan and more, for $50. He also has a cursed ring, 100% haunted, which owned blue stone ring, vessels, vampire master spirit, $140.50. I appreciate the fact that these photos are being taken for the sole intent of selling an object, Oglander said. Once they are put into a new context, however, they can then be appreciated as something aesthetic. By collecting the listings in this way, Oglander brings out patterns that may go otherwise unnoticed, and if so, only in passing. Like the haunted spirit figurine, no doll Simbacat feline plays animal meows for $24.99, or the black-eyed 16-inch spiritual spirit vessel doll Supernatural Paranormal Power is Haunted, $5,800. The haunted eBay listings include many ordinary objects such as feathers, coins, pebbles, pieces of wood. Often they are said to be enchanted for good luck or for fortune, good or ill. You will be able to feel the vibrational energy from your coin. Must be a positive environment and attitude for it to work. Advises one seller, please note, this chip is for money luck only, not general good fortune or finding love with a different spell, warns another. Uh, another example of an item that's a cursed piece on eBay. Voodoo spell, lucky money token, casino chip, Bally's AC, not haunted but very powerful. Or a metaphysical magical rock, slice of pie, the haunted stone, healing. For $48, you've got a haunted folk magic natural wood effigy healing or for hexing. Elemental only, $65. Other items are said to have powers all their own. Hearing voices is really common. Faces appearing, sounds, Oglander said, but also misfortunes happen. A string of negative events can happen in people's lives, like these objects have cursed them before. The claims are, of course, difficult to verify. The site's rules dictate that all listings must offer a physical item or tangible service. Many listings include disclaimers about the objects, supernatural attributes as required per eBay's policy on the sale of paranormal items. This is for the sale of a tangible item only. No promise of a spiritual attachment, writes one seller. Purchase with caution, writes another. Not recommended for children to play with. There's an It Clown, 21-inch tall, haunted, dull spirit, vessel paper mache, paranormally active and creepy AF, $19. Or the haunted spirit doll, spirit vessel, supernatural, paranormal, active, possessed doll, $39.
There's the corn man. Strange corn fields, sightings, paranormal apparition, left behind mask, $110. Haunted coin collection, very active. Make wishes, fun and magical, $3.99. Still, such disclaimers do not entirely prevent instances of negative feedback from disappointed customers, which sellers sometimes address. They often reply and say that you need to exit with it for a while before you start experiencing things said Olglender. You didn't give it enough time. For example, I'm disappointed that nothing happened. Not haunted, not sure why they ensure spirits go to the good people. In this context, buyer beware serves as both a disclaimer and as a potential selling point. As one listing put it, I do not take any responsibility for it. If anything at all happens, blown fuses, divorce, etc., the item, a vintage teddy bear, sold for $560 after only 46 bids. Vintage Haunted Plush Teddy Bear. When asked if he was superstitious, Oglander said, I guess I believe in spirits. I want to at least hope that there's some magic in the world, some underlying thing we can't see. Still, he has never bought a haunted item himself. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. There has been a lot that has gone on since spring that the mainstream media has not covered. Uh, due to the pandemic, the protests, the riots, the senseless murders of George Floyd and the EMT from Louisville, Kentucky, and the fact that no police officers have been arrested in her murder, uh, the jogger who was brutally murdered by white supremacists in Georgia, the list goes on. And we've been heavily distracted and attention has been detracted from several important issues that are an impact to us as well as what's going on currently. For example, you may remember February of 2019 when it was revealed by, well, actually it was last summer 2019, it was revealed by the Air Force and the Pentagon that they had been tracking and they had recorded evidence of encounters with unidentified aircraft that are not of any known origin of this planet and that are not represented by any government or military superpower. And it's been reviewed by several different governments, world powers, and no one has any idea where it's coming from, what they are, what they want, or where it will end. Better yet, how it started. And most recently, this summer, in fact, 2020, it was revealed by the Pentagon, NASA, and an intelligence agency that operates above and within the CIA and the FBI that we in our possession have in the United States under military jurisdiction crafts and vehicles that are not of this world and we have had for some time uh, believe that um, the reverse engineering techniques of many scientists that have since come forward um, admitting to having taken part in these experiments and working with these projects inside of Area 51 
Bob Lazar comes to mind. I bet he feels pretty vindicated by this point. Not only that coming to mind, but also China has managed to manufacture an internal sunspot within our planet. They created a star within planet Earth. It's a generator that is six times hotter than the sun, our own star. And that generator operates on our planet. And if you remember what happened in Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, where Dr. Octavius created sort of the same thing. It was a power generator that inadvertently ended up opening a black hole in the middle of Manhattan. And he sacrificed himself, Dr. Octopus did, to stop it from destroying mankind. The same thing could very well happen in China with these researchers who have put together and created an artificial star on planet Earth. You generate enough power that goes off the grid, spirals out of control. You could inadvertently open a black hole with enough mass to crush the Earth from within itself. Sort of a self-contained implosion. Uh, sometimes fact is stranger than fiction. He says, on the second day, we actually went in and stayed the night. It killed five of our batteries. They feed off the energy, Parr told the sun. We asked for a sign, and if it wanted us to leave. After it shut down a light, we were like, okay, but we didn't leave yet. The bedroom door that was Miss Adele's that opened up and then closed, it is definitely haunted and was very creepy. Adele was four foot nine when she died at 90 years old, but the ghost hunters hinted someone else may have been around. Matlock described a 2 a.m. encounter saying I turned into the room and saw this black mass standing there. It wasn't a shadow or anything like that. It was pretty wide. I don't think it was the older lady. I think it was something totally different. The figure was bigger and stood about six feet tall. It started to turn and just thought to myself oh no and I ran out I was done it was unbelievable everything just slowed down as this happened it wasn't just me seeing it it was what I felt when I was there and you could feel the power it was bad it was dark not a good situation to be in at all we got out and I was definitely exhausted whatever this was drew the energy from you my chest was even starting to hurt and I had trouble breathing the duo prayed after the incident and began to make their way home, but changed their minds and went back inside the house again. There they experienced another spooky incident. We could hear scratching on the walls, growling. It even started to smell like urine upstairs. That's not like your average ghost. That's something really bad, Matlock added. It was like watching Amityville Horror on TV, but we were actually living it. That house is definitely the worst house I have ever been in. I want to see what happens when someone else lives in it. I don't think they're going to be able to stay for long. Despite the history, there is a new owner who will move the house about 20 miles away. It could cost as much as $80,000 to move.
Sylvia McLean, the co-owner of McLean Investments, posted pictures of the house located in Lafayette, Louisiana, on Facebook in March, saying it was up for grabs. Gratis to anyone who was willing to pick up the house and move it off the land. She wrote that the iconic home was built in the late 1920s and that it has been unoccupied for the last six months, but was vacated due to development after her company bought the land. We have concentrated our efforts in development cost and saving as much and many of the trees as possible and simply do not have a place in the neighborhood for this home any longer, she wrote. In an effort to save the history of it, she said her company decided to give away the home to someone willing to move it off the property and restore it. The home, she noted, needs some tender loving care, but had two working air conditioners. The Facebook post attracted hundreds of comments from people interested in taking the 2,400 square foot house, as well as a slew of notes from home, former home residents and locals who noted that the house was haunted by something dark and very sinister. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. The UFOstore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. The UFOstore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Why do people believe in conspiracy theories? It seems that every family has an Uncle Joe, the guy who goes on and on about conspiracy theories at the holiday dinner table. The 9-11 attack was orchestrated by the government. The moon landing was filmed in Hollywood. Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone in the Kennedy assassination. And don't get me started on global warming. Record low temperatures this Christmas and you expect me to believe in a world that's actually getting warmer? Give me a break. Maybe we should just give Uncle Joe a break, or at least try to understand where he's coming from. Why do some people believe in conspiracy theories anyway? This is exactly the question posed by British psychologist Karen Douglas and her colleagues in a recent article in the journal Current Directions in Psychological Science. The researchers found that the reason for believing in conspiracy theories can be grouped into three categories. Number one, the desire for understanding and certainty. Number two, the desire for control and security. And number three, the desire to maintain a positive self-image. They look at each of these three motives in turn. The desire for understanding and certainty, seeking explanations for events, is a natural human desire. We are constantly asking why things happen the way they do. Why does it have to rain the day I want to go out. Why did she give me the cold shoulder like that? Why can't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And we don't just ask questions. We also quickly find answers to those questions. Not necessarily the true answers, but rather answers that comfort us or that fit into our worldview or not necessarily a global view because so many people that are conspiracy theorists have more of a local, if not regional view. And they believe that their local perspective and regional perspective affects the overall global perspective. The problem with that is you can't understand what I'm saying because you're just not listening. 
We all harbor false beliefs, that is, things we believe to be true, but in fact are not. For example, if you believe Sydney is the capital of Australia, you are a victim of a false belief. But once you are confronted with the fact that Canberra is the capital of Australia, you'll readily change your mind. After all, you were simply misinformed and you're not emotionally invested in it. Conspiracy theories are also false beliefs by definition, but people who believe in them have a vested interest in maintaining them. First, they put some effort into understanding the conspiracy theory explanation for the event, <clears throat> whether by reading books, going to websites, or watching TV programs that support their beliefs. For example, Fox News. Uncertainty is an unpleasant state, and conspiracy theories provide a sense of understanding and certainty that is comforting to those. The desire for control and security is the second label. People need to feel they're in control of their lives. For instance, many people feel safer when they are the driver in the car rather than the passenger. Of course, even the best drivers can get into accidents for reasons beyond their control. Likewise, conspiracy theories can give their believers a sense of control and security. This is especially true when the alternative accounts feel threatening. For example, if global temperatures are in fact rising catastrophically due to human activity, then I'll have to make painful changes in my comfortable lifestyle but if pundits and politicians assure me that global warming is a hoax, then I can maintain my current way of living. This kind of motivated reasoning is an important component in conspiracy theory beliefs. And the third example, the desire to maintain a positive self-image. Research shows that people who feel socially marginalized are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. We all have a desire to maintain a positive self-image which usually comes from the roles we play in life, that being our jobs, our relationships with family and friends, when we know we make a positive difference in the lives of others as parent, spouse, friend, teacher, or mentor, we see our own lives as worthwhile, and we feel good about ourselves. But say Uncle Joe is on disability and hasn't worked for years. He feels socially excluded. However, he does have plenty of time to surf the internet for information about conspiracy theories, and he can chat online with others who hold similar beliefs. Thus, belief in conspiracy theories gives Uncle Joe a sense of community. Furthermore, his research in conspiracy theories has given him a sense that he is the holder of privileged knowledge. Most people who believe global warming is real or that vaccines are safe don't do so because they understand science, Rather, they trust the experts. And so when Uncle Joe starts trotting on out all the evidence against global warming, it can be difficult to make reasonable counter-arguments. All you've got is the feeling that the conspiracy theory seems too complicated to be true. But from Uncle Joe's perspective, it's clear he knows more about the subject than you do. In sum, we have a good understanding of what motivates people to believe in conspiracy theories. That is, they do so because of three basic needs. We all have to understand the world around us, to feel secure and in control, and to maintain a positive self-image. But do conspiracy theory beliefs actually help people satisfy these needs? Studies have found that when 
college students are exposed to conspiracy theories, they show an increased sense of insecurity. This has led some researchers to conclude that conspiracy theory belief is self-defeating. However, as Douglas and her colleagues point out, most college students have little motivation to believe in conspiracy theories in the first place. What's really needed, they argue, are some carefully designed studies that directly examine those who already believe in conspiracy theories. Regardless of the outcome of these future studies, the real question for us now is how to deal with the Uncle Joe in our life. You may offer counter-evidence in an attempt to convince him to give up his conspiracy theories, but you're unlikely to succeed. This is because you are arguing facts while Uncle Joe is defending his sense of security and his positive feelings about himself. And for the rest of us, self-image trumps facts every time. Mothman, gargoyles, demons, and angels. There are many winged cryptids that come into my mind when discussing those four topics. Uh, you've got a bat-like creature that flies around in uh, South Africa. There are winged beasts, winged angels, uh, harbingers of sorrow, gargoyles, demons. Angels have wings. And it's an entire plethora that I'm going to be covering in this week's episode. It's, is it a bird or a plane? An in-depth history of winged beings. I'll call it that. I'll start off with the angel. Uh, it is a supernatural being or spirit, usually in humanoid form. From the Greek word angelos. It's found in various religions and mythologies. The theological study of angels is known as angelology. They are often depicted as benevolent celestial beings who act as intermediaries between heaven and earth, or as guardian spirits or a guiding influence. The term angel has also been expanded to various notions of spirits found in many other religions as well. Other roles of angels include protecting and guiding human beings and carrying out God's tasks. In art, angels are often depicted with bird-like wings on their back, a halo, robes, and various forms of glowing light as well. The celestial order of the universe. The readers of the scrolls, the seal breakers, bringers of destruction. Revelation is plagued with stories about these types of angels. Uh, most of them appear as a lion or a bull or some kind of a strange giant bird with a horse's body and a multitude of wings. And there are some that depict them as half man, half animal with uh, two or more wings and uh, extremely muscular in, in their appearance. It moves us on to the next one. Uh, of course, when you have angels, you have to have demons. A demon is a paranormal, often malevolent being prevalent in religion, occultism, literature, fiction, and folklore. The original Greek word, Greek word daemon, does not carry the negative con connotation initially understood by implementation of the koan, well, ancient Greek, I should say, and later scribed to any cognate word sharing the same root. In ancient Near Eastern religions, as well as in the Arabic traditions, including ancient and medieval Christian demonology, a demon is considered to be an unclean spirit, sometimes a fallen angel. 
a non-human spirit or a spirit of unknown origin, which may cause demonic possession, thus calling for an exorcism and Western occultism and Renaissance magic, which grew out of Greek Roman magic or Greco Roman magic, Jewish demonology and Christian tradition tells us a demon is a spiritual entity that may be conjured and controlled if you know its name. However, control is highly unlikely with these beasts. If you remember the movie Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, which was based on a book. The books, by the way, are way better than the movies. If you remember the Furies, which are demon-like or gargoyle-like in, in their appearance. The three goddesses of vengeance, Tisiphone, which is the avenger of murder, Megara, which is the avenger of jealousy, and Electo, which is constant anger. They were also called the daughters of the night, but were actually the daughters of Uranus and Gaia. Another name for them is the Irianus. Without mercy, the Furies would punish all crime, including the breaking of rules considering all aspects of society. They would strike the offenders with madness, never stopped following the criminals. The worst of all crimes was murder in that time. The Furies would enjoy punishing this kind of crime. Which brings me to Gargoyles. Gargoyles, of course, a wonderful movie was made in the 1970s uh, with uh, Gargoyles as the, uh, both the protagonist and the antagonist. Uh, an entire horde, a nest of gargoyles living in a cave, uh, encountered a family traveling west, and uh, they learned from each other. They're scary as hell, but they learned from each other. And, of course, the animated show Gargoyles, which was dominating the television airwaves in the 1990s and early 2000s. According to myths and legends, real gargoyle creatures were very majestic and mysterious animals. They were stone statues during the day and magically turned into flesh and blood creatures during the night. The stone slumber was a way for them to rejuvenate themselves and even heal wounds accumulated from the previous night. The Jersey Devil. I'm not talking about Snooky from the uh, Jersey Shore TV show. Of, of course, that joke may fall on deaf ears of uh, today's generation, for only the millennials and Gen Xers will know what the hell I'm talking about. The Jersey Devil, not Snooky, rather, it's a flying bipedal horse creature, which is said to haunt the southern area of the Garden State, New Jersey. Tales of it have been passed along since the 1700s, when a demon child was said to have been born of Mother Leeds. There was a president who also encountered the Jersey Devil. She already had Mother Leeds, that is, had 12 children, and said that if she had a 13th, it would be from the devil. Sure enough, one dark and stormy night, she popped out her 13th child, and it transformed into a creature with hooves, a horse's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. 300 years later, and it's still being spotted pretty regularly, as recently as September of 2012. In 1960, a $10,000 reward was offered for its capture, but its greatest fame was in 1909, when thousands of people claimed to have seen the cryptid over the course of a week. Another $10,000 reward was offered 
at this point causing a hoax entry made by sticking wings on a kangaroo. Where in the world did they find a freaking kangaroo in Jersey? That's what I'd like to know. Now moving along to very not so well-known winged bipedal creatures. Bipedal means walking upright on hind legs. The Papobawa, which is bat wing and Swahili. Bat-like shape-shifting creature with one eye and a very large penis. Look out. Is said to stalk the men, oh boy, look out, and women of Zanzibar, Africa. It can appear as human or as an animal. The creature enters houses at night and sodomizes men, women, and children. Before leaving, it tells its victims to tell everyone in the village of its attack or risk it coming back for more. Now that we're back from our commercial, I was discussing Popobawa from Swahili, the language, of course. Near Zanzibar, this creature with one eye and an extremely large penis. I know, the large penis gets me too. But it doesn't get me, if you know what I mean. Also, Popobawa is the name of an evil spirit which is believed by residents to have first appeared on the Tanzanian island of Pemba. In 1995, it was the focus of a major outbreak of mass hysteria and panic, which spread from Pemba to the main island of the Zanzibar archipelago and across to Deir es Salaam and other urban centers on the East African coast. That brings us to Ahul. The Ahul is a flying cryptid, supposedly a giant bat, or by other accounts, a living pterosaur or flying primate. Such a creature is not known to science, and there is no objective evidence that it exists as claimed. However, it is said to live in the deepest rainforests of Java, and it is described as having large dark eyes, large claws on its forearms, approximately the size of an infant, and a body covered in gray fur. Possibly the most intriguing and astounding feature is that it is said to have a wingspan of 10 feet. This is almost twice as long as the largest known bat in the world, the common flying fox. Bat Squatch. It's another flying cryptid. Yes, Bat Squatch. Never heard of this one till today. Well, actually, until I started putting this together and did this presentation. Nonetheless, this is was allegedly sighted near Mount St. Helens. It resembles a flying primate, similar to the Ahul and the Orangbati of Southeast Asia. Although it was sighted only once for a brief moment. Once, mind you, and it made my list. The witnesses allegedly took several pictures of the creature. However, these pictures have not been properly analyzed and thus cannot prove the creature's existence this one this is so original owl man the owl man sometimes referred to as the cornish owl man or the owl man of manan is a purported cryptid that was supposedly sighted around mid 1976 in the village of manan cornwall yeah, I've never heard of Owlman. Mothman's a little more believable. The Owlman is sometimes compared to America's Mothman. There we go, ding, 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 in cryptozoological encounters and literature. The Monan Church is built in the middle of a prehistoric earthwork. It's suggested that the church may be built 
on a ley line, which is a straight line that passes through and links several ancient sites, and speculated that the appearance of the Owlman may be a manifestation of Earth energy in this place. And here's the money shot, Mothman. This one's my boy. I do the Mothman Festival almost every year as a guest speaker. That's where I sell my books, T-shirts I design, artwork that I do. Um, now I've got nine-inch tall Sasquatch silhouettes on a pedestal that I'm selling. Uh, check out my uh, webpage for that link if you uh, want to know how to order one of those. Or just email me and I can send the link your way. Mothman is a winged creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia. From the 15th of November, 1966 to the 15th of December, 1967. The first newspaper report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated 16 November, 1966, titled, Couples See Man-Sized Bird, Creature, Something. Mothman was introduced to a wider audience by Gray Barker in 1970, later popularized by John Keel in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies claiming that Mothman was related to a wide array of supernatural events in the area and that the collapse of the Silver Bridge. The 2002 film, The Mothman Prophecy, starring Richard Gere, was loosely based on Keel's book. On December 15, 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed while it was full of rush hour traffic, resulting in the deaths of 46 people. Two of the victims were never found. That's probably because of the catfish that are in the river that are the size of Volkswagen beetles. Anyway, investigations of the wreckage pointed to the cause of the collapse being the failure of a single eye bar in a suspension chain due to a small defect that was no more than 2.5 millimeters deep in the flaw. Analysis showed that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than it had originally been designed for. It was poorly maintained. The collapsed bridge was replaced by the Silver Memorial Bridge, which was completed in 1969. After the catastrophe of the bridge collapse, the UFO sightings that were dominating the skies over Point Pleasant and Gallipolis, Ohio, suddenly stopped. The Men in Black MIB vanished and stopped harassing people, and the Mothman moved on. There have even been an array of Mothman-type Mothman sightings in Nelsonville, Ohio, before the collapse of a train tunnel. Uh, also, over New York City, a week leading up to the 9-11 attacks, and a month leading up to the Chernobyl catastrophe in Russia, as well as the nuclear power plant explosion catastrophe in Japan, several sightings of this type of creature have always been attached to some major catastrophe or an event that leads to uh, mass casualties. Winged cryptids and entertainment. Of course, there is a market for this. Uh, the entertainment value, that being new discoveries. This is something I hold dear to and preach constantly. Each year, scientists record another 18,000 new species of plants and animals. In recent years, they've added about 70 new reptiles and 400 new fish annually to the world's databases of species. Even more discoveries of plants and invertebrates 
have come forward. Biologists every year document about 2,000 new species of flowering plants and 13,500 new invertebrate. Now, this is your fun factoid. To date, we have explored less than 5% of our oceans. 5%. We've lived on this planet for millennia, and we've only thoroughly explored 5% of a planet that is over 72% water. The ocean is the lifeblood of this planet, covering more than 70% of the planet's surface, driving weather, regulating temperatures, and ultimately supporting all living organisms. Throughout history, the ocean has been a vital source of sustenance, transport, commerce, growth, and inspiration. Yet for all our reliance on the ocean, 95% of this realm remains unexplored and what is inside has remained unseen by human eyes. According to National Geographic, 86% of the world's species are still unknown. 86%! We are within reach of finding all of the remaining species. Are we way off? According to the experts and my research, the answer is we are that far off from thoroughly mapping and understanding the planet in which we inhabit with these creatures. When did we find these? The discoveries of the Western world. Let's start with gorillas. They were discovered in 1847 by the Western world, thought to be a creature of myth and legend. The Western gorilla was discovered by the American and missionary Thomas Stoughton Savage and a naturalist, Jeffrey Wyman. That was in 1847. That was just a short while before the Civil War. And then we've got the coelacanth. Coelacanths were thought to have gone extinct millions of years ago in the late Crustaceous period. But they were rediscovered in 1938 off the coast of South Africa. And these are beast fish. These are like dinosaur monster-looking fish. They're not attractive at all. You wouldn't want these in an aquarium. Then you've got the panda. In 1869, a French missionary, Armand Pierre David, obtained a specimen of a giant panda from Sichuan. And they were thought to be creatures of myth. No one believed these things truly existed in the Western world until they freaking found it and saw it for themselves. Then we got a giant squid. Thought to be a thing of myth, thought to be a part of deep sea tales and legends of pirates and merchants. It was photographed for the first time in 2004 and captured on video for the first time in 2006. And it's bigger than six freaking greyhound buses. It's a giant squid, a monster squid. The things of legend and lore often used in movies like Sinbad or Pirates of the Caribbean even. Um, monster squid. And, and you know, we, we have in restaurants where we're eating baby squid or we're eating fried octopus. And I have a soft spot for octopi. And they're an amazing creature, uh, an amazing specimen. The DNA within these creatures doesn't match any known DNA strand or chromosome composite that we've yet to discover on this planet. Their DNA composite is thought to be something of alien origin. And 
they swim in our oceans and they get bigger and bigger the deeper you go. And we'll never in my lifetime reach the depths of the ocean required to see much bigger beasts. But due to climate change and the water rising because of the melting of the polar ice caps and the permafrost being gone, we're seeing and witnessing a lot more of these creatures coming up to the surface because the waters are getting colder. We're in, say, the Midwest. It's experiencing snow in mid-May. Are we going to have a snowstorm in July? And these are things that are cyclical and they rely on natural habitat. And when things speed up, like with what we're doing on our own planet, natural occurrences and weather changes and weather patterns speed up drastically. And that throws the entire system off whack. 